This is the Multitask. I'm John Moore. And your boy Fadi. What's going on, guys? So Liz Cheney has been replaced. They bounced her out of that out of the uh, conference chair, and she's no longer replaced by Elise Stefanik. Uh, were you heartbroken? Yeah, no, I cried tears. I cried tears. All of uh, you know what's interesting is people act like she lost her seat and that she's out of Congress. She she lost the chair. I get it. It was a big deal, but um, it, it, she's still in Congress. Well, you know, I, I I think the thing, and we talked about this last week, is. I don't really feel that sorry for her. I think it speaks poorly about the way that the Republicans are running things. I think it says a lot of bad things about Republicans. But the reality is, is that um, in under normal times, you and I would be running to Twitter, we'd be running to Facebook, we'd be uh, talking to one another about how idiotic, how mean, how mean-spirited, how probably racist Liz Cheney is. Remember, as we talked about last week, even when in her letter, in her op-ed, she said some really bad things about basically Black Lives Matter and a woke culture. Um, you and I both have our issues with woke culture, but we say it from a place of love, right? Uh, as opposed to like thinking that the cause is unjust. So it's uh, good riddance, Liz. Good riddance. For sure. And uh, to, to just to give the big picture to everybody, this is basically happening because someone has to pay for telling the truth, essentially. Uh, I don't think Adam Kinzinger, by the way, Kinzinger and Cheney are the only ones who seem to be speaking out against Trump at this point. And not necessarily against Trump, but just the, against the lies of the election. I think they both voted for Trump in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. So this is just essentially them having to pay the cost of telling the truth. This Republican Party is Trump's party. There's no doubt about it. There's no Cheney side of the party. There's no Kinzinger side of the party. This is Trump's party. McCarthy's just doing that. McCarthy's kissing the ring by doing this. So um, as a conservative, Liz Cheney's way more of her voting record matches much more of what the conservatives want. But again, they want somebody to kiss the ring and tell the lie. So that's how she got ousted, basically. Well, here's where it gets really iffy, and I mean, I mean, this is kind of on us as Democrats uh, and progressives. Is but for her support of Trump, Stefanik is probably the type of Republican you and I would like. We would support. So on the one hand, we're criticizing the Republicans for basically you got a really hardcore conservative who you're dismissing because they're not pro-Trump. And we actually have a moderate Republican who we're dismissing because she's pro-Trump. Are we being hypocritical or is there more justification for our bases as opposed to the people who are rejecting Liz Cheney? I would say that your premise is correct, but it's no longer correct, right? She used to be that moderate Republican. She used to be someone maybe who would, who would go in the middle a little bit. She said that 150,000 people in Fulton County voted illegally which is racist like she's now what i call i grew up on the wwe she had the heel turn she's now the villain and she becomes what everybody wants her to be she doesn't care about her own personal views no more she's gonna tell the party line and she's gonna do that so i would agree with your premise but i don't think she's no longer that person she clearly switched at some point when she started probably getting support from trump himself so that's what ended up happening Right. And I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And I, I do think that supporting Trump 
is a deal breaker no matter how moderate someone is. But it goes back again to the problem that the that I believe that we have with the Republican Party overall is that there are so many elements of today's Republican Party that are so offensive that in most cases, there's not much difference between the good and the bad. They might have different reasons why we don't like them, but all of the legitimate, all the reasons are legitimate, and they are outrageously, in many cases, deal breakers. You know, I keep saying, and I say this to Kinziger, I say it to almost all the Republicans except Michael Steele and, and many Republicans that you and I have talked about many times that we like is, if Willie Horton during the uh, Bush to caucus race, if um, the George Bush people accusing J John McCain of having a illegitimate black child in 2000. If any of that stuff was acceptable to you as a Republican back then, and you didn't, you're still a Republican, then I'm not really buying it with what you're, you know, you being offended by Trump. You guys built Trump. Yeah, no, Trump's not the outlier of that party. It's just the he's on steroids, basically. I totally agree with everything you said. I, I read a few things. Uh, I had you send me a few things this week about just where this is coming from. This isn't this predates Trump by a lot. A lot of people link it to Sarah Palin and the desperation of trying to build a culture war around Sarah Palin. The, the juxtaposition between McCain and Palin is very, very stark, right? A lot of people look at John McCain as the last one of that party who kind of had any sort of principles and morals, if you will. We saw him at the 2008 debate where people were saying all those things about well, President Obama. He's like, no, no, no. You guys are just saying untrue things. I disagree with him policy-wise, but he's a good person. He's an American. So that's gone now. So you're you're absolutely correct in your assessment. This party is, I think it's just gone. Can I say that? We're going to talk about it in a little bit with Republicans wanting to start their own party, but this party's gone right now. They're just fully on board with trying to get power back. I am actually genuinely uh, terrified of losing the House in 2022 for the simple fact of I don't know if they'll ever let a Democrat be president again if they have control. And I, I don't say that lightly. They will change the rules. They already are changing the rules to do that. We see Arizona. People think the Georgia laws are crazy. They are. Arizona's trying to pass laws that they just get to pick who the president won in their state bypassing the voters. We saw in Mississippi, I don't know if this wasn't on the list, but Mississippi, 70% of people voted to pass uh, uh, legalized marijuana in that, in that state. And the Supreme Court took it back and said, no, 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 no thanks. So we're getting to a point where these Republicans are just going to change it regardless of what the people say. So I'm, I'm generally terrified of where this is going. Yep. Before I go further, though, I want you to know, I agree with you. McCain was one of the more simple Republicans. McCain also voted against the MLK holiday. So no, even McCain's then, you actually... very, very <laughs> problematic. No doubt about it. But I want to zero in on something you said, and it's weird because I agree with you for the most part, but then I think that it might not be as much of a risk as possible. I am very... Like you, I'm very fearful of Republicans winning back the House. However, and you may uh, uh, share this with me, I believe, and I've said this each week, that if ever there were to be a year or a cycle in which the trend of the president's um, party losing seats, I think this will be the year. 
I so I I I have the same fear of if they get in, but I also am less worried about the if. And I won't say less worried, but I'm not as worried about the if as I would be in other years. Other other years that are, you know, other other uh first term presidents midterm. I don't know what what are your thoughts? I I share your hope in that. I sent you something on Twitter. We never talked about it, but I sent you. They broke down every single every single first year midterm for any every president. There was only twice where it, they picked up seats and they didn't lose seats, and that was uh, I, I want to say two thousand, and I think the first Reagan year, whatever that was. It was bad. It was Obama's first year was just a massacre. When I say first year, I mean the first uh, midterm uh, it was a massacre. Um, even Trump was in, in our, for our side was a victory, but for their side was a massacre. I don't know how it's going to play. And the reason I say that is for everything that you're saying. And I also want to say that we don't know what this looks like post Trump. He's not on the ballot. Will we show up this just like we showed up in 2020? Will they show up? They tend to show up more than we do in midterms. But uh, I don't know. I, I share your hope, but I also just fear that it's not just 2022. If we keep it in 2022, 2024, 2026, as soon as they get power back, whenever it is, I personally think they're gonna make they're gonna make a permanent play for it. If that makes sense. I'll give you one reason for optimism. Um, the, you were right. It was actually the 2002 race, and that was George Bush's second. That was George Bush's first midterm. Yeah. Nine eleven. COVID. I do think that COVID could impact the midterms the same way that 9-11 impacted the midterms for Bush. And I think, so I do think COVID impacts midterms for Biden the same way 9-11 impacted midterms for Bush. And that's where some of my optimism. Also, the one thing too is Carter, I mean, Clinton wasn't Trump, meaning Clinton did not destroy the Democratic Party the way that Trump is destroying her. So I think there's two things working against Republicans in this midterm. I think the benefit that Biden will get from COVID, plus the fact that Trump has really damaged the Republican brand. The Democratic brand, the Democratic brand wasn't really damaged by Clinton, and, and, and we still lost. So I think those two actually bode well for us. But we, but we as Democrats have to be smart. The one advantage that Republicans have is that it's a redistricting year, and that they control most of the state houses where, you know, the maps would be drawn. We feel good here. You know, um, I do you remember Texas picked up two seats um, that and I would assume those seats are going to be in communities of color, but it's Republicans drawing the maps. So, they, you know, they'll probably figure out a way to screw us there. But I, I think we I think the I think the midterm jinx. Plus, redistricting are the two things that carry the Republicans and give them a reason to be optimistic. I think COVID, uh, the, 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 the victory lap that Biden will be taking on COVID combined with the diminished Republican brand of the things that Democrats will, will, will achieve. So we'll see how that, how that plays out. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't send it to you. I was going to send you. Did you hear about one of the... Um people at the one of the insurrectionists at the insurrection on January 6th or I don't know if he was there but he was arrested after 2020 he had killed his wife and then took her ballot and voted for Trump because she said that she was going to vote for Biden and I bring that up to say this is who we're dealing with that that person lost his right to vote I assume 
But there's people in the Republican Party who will do. Remember, there's two instances of voter fraud in 2020, and that was Republicans trying to test the system to make sure they weren't cheating. So, we're. I guess what I'm saying is we're we're dealing with like a guerrilla warfare here, where these people are going to vote and they're going to vote aggressively. If we don't match that, I, I think we're in trouble. Yeah. Now that brings me to the next one. We talked. You talked. Touched on it a little bit. Is there are some uh, Republicans actually? I won't say ex-Republicans, they're still Republicans, but they're not really in, in, in the Capitol, they're not really serving in office. About 100 who wrote a letter about starting their own party. Um, I saw some one person say, you know, realistically, uh, the Republicans would do better to try to kick the bad stuff out as opposed to starting their own. Um, I do, I here's the thing, I think a new party, third party, and I really wouldn't want to see this in, this, in the immediate future, but I still still think that the third party, a viable third party, doesn't come from the left to right. It comes from the center. I think that, you know, I'd rather we go ahead and we move the Democratic Party so far to the left and get some major victories and realize that we're probably going to lose some of our moderates. And I'd rather do that than have the Republicans. I'd rather get a few more Democratic victories because I do think the Republican Party also needs to be replaced with something a little bit better. And I think the Democrat, I think the, I, I'm all for the Democrats moving further to the left. I'd stay a Democrat and seeing maybe a more moderate Republican Party. It's a, it's an interesting thing that you bring up because the Republican Party now becomes the fringe right wing party. That's what they are now officially. We have to start calling them that. We have to start calling them the party of conspiracy theories and QAnon members because that's what they are electing. So, so right, become... right. To your point, well, I was going to say one thing. I'm going to interrupt. There's no such thing as a fringe Republican. It's just Republicans, and Republicans are all fringe. I think that's what you're trying to say. Okay, fair enough. I got you. Um, yeah. So they're going to the right so far that there's – these group of Republicans who are saying, if we could shift to the middle and create a party, there's success there. I think they're right. Here's why I think they're wrong is the actual base of the Republican party no longer is moderate. There isn't, we saw in 2020, 75 million people vote for Trump. I believe wholeheartedly, not all of those 75 million people really wanted to vote for Trump, but they're never going to vote for a Democrat. We saw Liz Cheney herself say, I will never vote for a Democrat. Mitch McConnell said, I will absolutely support Trump in 2024. The base of the Republican Party is as far as the Republican Party is now. So the only problem I have with starting a third party that is more moderate, center right, is who's going to vote for you? Because all the people who were there are going to go to Trump and then none of the people on the left are going to really vote for you. So that would be my only concern there is the base. It's not just the Republicans who are, are elected that are going far right. It's the base, the people of this country who are voting for them are going far right too. Is, can you split them? I don't know. Well, here's a question. Does Would that moderate Republican Party then, um, that, that new party, would that be detrimental to Democrats? Where, are, you know, are Democrats getting fat because of the disaffected Republicans and so since the, since the Republican Party has moved so far to the right, does that moderate center-right center party hurt Democrats more than Republicans? Because right now, in this whack-job Republican universe, center-right Republicans are probably voting Democrat more often than, than not. I mean, I mean, you, you, you've been paying a lot of attention to polls and numbers. Do, what, is, what are you seeing just strictly from the, the data you're looking at? 
you're going to pick a side. There's no longer any gray area. The polls say that that those 75 million people will go back and vote for Trump again. Um, there's there's an interesting poll that Dave Wasserman's talking about in Virginia, where Virginia might lose the governorship to a Republican, and everybody's like flipping out because um, uh, not Virginia is it? It's one of those states on the east yeah, coast. Virginia, that, Virginia, Virginia, yeah, Virginia, Virginia. He's saying nationals is not local. There's still Chicago had a Republican or Illinois had a Republican governor just before our current governor, right? So these blue these blue states that vote blue nationally sometimes locally can be red so i i think that the polls are going to say that we're not in an area where people are choosing the best candidate anymore we're in an era where you pick a side and your death you're going to that side no matter what happens they call it negative bipartisanship there's also another word for it secular there's another word for it i can't think of i'll probably bring it next week but we're at the point where it's so polarized now that the middle becomes almost for naught because it doesn't exist really. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's weird. Um, you know, you here, when you look in Illinois, uh, there's talk about both Rodney Davis and Adam Kinzinger running statewide. And quite frankly, there's, they could both run. Um, one would be run for probably for house. I mean, for Senate and the other one would probably run for governor. But the reality is, is, I think Kinziger has a greater disadvantage in a Republican primary than Davis would. I think Davis has been, Davis has done a better job walking the tightrope. He hasn't gone, I mean, he's full Trump, but he hasn't been objectionable Trump, right? Um, whereas Adam has been at anti-Trump, where Adam, if he could make it out of a primary, could be a threat to any Democrat running statewide. However, I don't, I don't see Kinziger coming out of a primary. I just do not... I think if he gets out of primary, we should be biting our nails. But if I just don't see him getting out of a primary, are, are you paying enough attention to to this to that state dynamic at this point? Yeah, I think Adams totally running for Senate. I think it's if not mistaken, it's Tammy's seat that's up in a couple of years. Um, he's positioning himself to be the leader of that kind of moderate Republican center right Republican. He's trying to be the future of that. The problem is we don't know how this is going to shake out in 2022. We just don't know if it's going to normalize back to how it was or if it's just going to continue to separate like this. If it continues to separate like this, I think he's toast. But if it normalizes just a little bit and some of these Republicans are like, I just want a sane, normal person who believes in science and believes 2 plus 2 equals 4, then I think Adam's a big threat. And Because he's, he's young, he's good looking, he's a vet, and that's always popular. Yeah, it's the, 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 it's, it's getting hacked. You know, one of the things that we talk about is the balance of the house. And one of the things I pointed out to you the other week was, um, a long time, uh, democratic, uh, congressperson from Florida, Elsie Hastings died. And, um, you know, because we don't have a full number, whatever the number in Congress is, the number of Congress is, and the Democrats have a very slim majority. They can't afford to lose too many votes. Well, one of the things that happened in his seat is completely going to be Democratic, is he died, and when it came time to appoint, uh, to set the date for a special election, DeSantis put it for January. Actually, the primary sometime in November, and the general elections in January, so the earliest anyone could be sworn in and be a Democrat would be January of next year. Well, there's a very interesting dynamic, is, as we know, Matt Gates is in a heap of trouble. 
I would expect that within the next month he might be facing charges. I would expect, uh, and 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 if you look at what his who he who he believed to be his co-defendant is already locked up and getting out, I could kind of see a scenario where Gates might get arrested and might not get out. He might his future as a member of Congress might be over. I say that all to say, if that happens, I wonder will DeSantis go ahead and. Uh, move for a special election to replace Gates, and would he move it up? Because right now, if they lose Gates, um, basically losing Gates cancels out whatever advantage they had in holding out Hastings. Um, it's it's uh, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I'm so I'm so cynical, John. That if I think he's on trial, I just, they're not going to make him give up his seat. <laughs> That's how cynical I've become about this whole situation. Is they are dead quiet. They all went ape crazy to get Liz Cheney out for telling the truth. Here's this guy with all evidence against him. Like it just does not look pretty. There's no way out of this unless he flips, right? And I just don't think they will get him out of his seat. I just don't. That's how cynical I am. To your point, I do think that they will try to fill his seat if anything were to happen. By the way, did you hear what he said? I think either yesterday or today. In response to all this about earmarks and yeah, just ridiculous. They're gonna, he's gonna, he's going down with the ship, metaphorically, physically, literally, figures, whatever you want to say. Um, and DeSantis, it's interesting because DeSantis, right now, outside of Trump, is a front runner for 2024. I personally don't, don't think he's gonna run because I think he's the king of Florida, and, and that's it's, it's always nice to be a king of a small pound. Um, but DeSantis is also just does what he wants with no repercussions. So I, I, I can see what you're saying where b- before Matt Gates has handcuffs on him, they'll fill the seat before um, the Democrat gets to fill their seats. And I don't know how they can get away with that if they don't go ahead and allow Hastings to, the Hastings seat to be filled. But let's talk about Gates further. Uh, the Daily Beast reported on the fact that uh, he hung out with and uh, had a financial arrangement with a well-known prostitute who uh, supplied him with cocaine, and people saw him doing cocaine. And um, uh, evidently, that one, the one incident that's reported on in the Daily Beast was uh, he used campaign funds to pay for it. Let's just say that all of those elements, forget the 17-year-old, okay? Just forget the 17-year-old. Just that article enough is enough to lock up anybody. You can't. I mean, a higher prostitute, eh, that probably isn't that big of a deal. But then to to pay for it with campaign funds, that's why Jesse Jackson Jr. went to prison. You cannot utilize campaign funds for anything but campaign-related stuff. And a hooker and a coke <laughs> qualify as on a lot of expenses. So before we even get to the underage 17-year-old, just that article alone would should be enough to end his career. Not only his career, it should be he should be behind bars for a very, very long time. In theory, we've seen, and we'll go back to this whole Democrat-Republican thing, but we've seen a lot, lot less from the Democrats where they resign, and it's a heap of trouble. This is, do you, do you think outside of Trump, is this like the biggest political thing that's happened, like, Scandal-wise, I I was there for Anthony Weiner and Elliot Spritzer and all those guys, but this is like trafficking of a minor on Venmo, where they put where they put the 
in the notes, they put the crime there. I also saw the Joel Greenberg guy, who's the used to be Matt Gates's buddy, now he flipped on him, was set up a domain site with his personal email that said, this is the username at joelgreenberg.com. Like, these guys are so stupid <laughs> to leave this track. It just gives me no faith in humans. Because you cannot be this. You have to watch at least a couple episodes of CSI to avoid any of this. <laughs> they are the gang that can't shoot straight. But, you know, um, I think that that Gates is in a heap of trouble. And this is why, and we have to, nothing happens in a vacuum. Let's go back to 22. We also, there's still a very good chance that Trump, is going to face some level of indictment and or really strong, high-profile civil case between now and 22. So his influence wanes. If, if, if I'm telling you, and wasn't there a, a, a poll out recently that just said Trump's influence within the Republican Party is dying, right? I bet you it's significant enough to do damage, but it's also, to do damage to us, right? But it's also, um, small enough that I could just see a lot of Republicans throwing up their hands and either sitting out or coming our way. I, again, you know, everything that, don't you think if Gates gets locked up within the next month, that changes our discussion about 22, especially if the Republicans aren't really, if they don't handle it the right way. If anything comes out with any of the Republicans and their ties to insurrectionists, that ends up, I think, being a big liability. You know, I, I want to keep it on Gates right now, but don't you think that, oh, and we'll talk Gates, we'll keep it on Gates, but don't you think that that potentially is a threat to whatever momentum they might have going in to 22? I don't. And okay. the reason I'll explain it here is simple. They've done worse. And 75 million people still went and voted for him. He tear-gassed citizens on the in front of the white house he completely botched covid he said it was fake he told people to drink bleach like as far as i'm concerned the more and more he's like thanos in a way like the more and more that bad stuff happens the more and more they want to vote for him because they think it's all bullshit right i i go back to this I remember it like it was yesterday. The first ever press conference with Sean Spicer and the media. And he showed those photos of the, the, the White House front lawn. And he said this was the most attended inauguration in the history of the world. And I knew right there when the, he coined the term fake news, alternative facts, I knew their goal number one was to just sow distrust in the public. And that's what ended up happening. So anything that happens with Trump is just a conspiracy theory to his base. If Trump was in jail, they would still think he was the president and that Biden is a lizard who's a puppet, right? This is, and I don't, I'm not speaking hyperbole. This is what these people believe, right? So that's why I don't think anything that happens to Gates or Trump um, is a problem because, in, in fact, I think it strengthens them on some point because. They, they have something to rally behind. Matt Gates is running with the story that Democrats are attacking me. That's his defense right now. His defense isn't, hey, these guys are lying or this isn't true. His defense is the Democrats are attacking me because I'm a Trump lover. So his base is going to rally behind that. So I think the more trouble they get in, the more chances they get votes. I really believe that. 
Well, but see, I think that you're you're right on one level, but then there's one element that you're leaving out is the base is definitely digging in for the long haul, but the base is also shrinking. So yeah, you have a hardcore and a harder core person, but uh, but the harder core you get, the more you're losing people. So you're right in that the rider dies are going to be more rightier and dietier, <laughs> deader. I don't know what how to phrase that, but they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be deeper into the rider die, but there's going to be fewer rider dies. So yes. I I agree with you that they that those who are hardcore are going to become harder core, but there's going to be a lot of people who don't want to take that next step, and they're going to be like, I'm out of here. So you're right, but you're also leaving out a very important element, which I think they they shrink. I think that's a very good point. I I I do believe that you're absolutely right. The only thing I would say to it is I don't think that the shrinking base presents itself in 2022 or 2024. I think it's more of a five to six year thing where they look around and they're like, we're just, we don't have the numbers anymore. I just don't think it's a thing now. I saw a record number of people vote for, he got the second most votes in, in the history of any presidential election. And he just happened to face the guy who got the first, right? So uh, I, I think that you're absolutely right. But I also think that it's just it's not a problem right now for them there. And I'll give you another caveat on top of that. They know that. Why do you think they're making all these power plays for for election rules is because I personally believe, John, you don't have to stick by this. I'm anybody watching. I'm speaking for myself here. I think if they ever get power again, they will do everything possible to never give it back up. So I think they just want one more victory and I think they're going to go for the long haul. And I really mean that. So that's why I think they're looking at 2022, 2024. I don't think they're thinking about the future. Yeah. But here's the other thing though, too, is remember with Trump in the white house, but not on the ballot in 2018, that's when they got massacred. So now not only is Trump not on the ballot, he's not even in the white house. So I also think that that is really going to really put a huge, you know, weight against them. You know, I think, you know, one other piece when I was talking earlier about midterm, I talked about redistricting, I think the other element, and you just touched on it, that we have to consider that works to their advantage is the reality that they will most likely be these, you know, drastic uh, voter, voter rights laws. Um, but what will happen is I would assume that they'll be caught up in legis uh, litigation and I would assume there would be restraining orders that they probably couldn't do anything. I think that's a way to put a brick on them for 22. In addition to that, did you hear your boy Joe Manchin? I'm talking about your boy Joe Manchin, who was actually speaking pretty strongly about his support of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act Bill. Did you hear him this week? He, I'm like, is he about to fill up? Uh, uh, Bust the filibuster. I mean, what did you think of Joe Manchin this week? You know, it's interesting. I it's interesting. So, do you know what what he was talking about with the pre-approval in statewide elections? Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to take a a little bit of a stab. I've heard the phrase. I think pre-approval means that um, something around there's some states um, in that in the South that need pre-approval before they make changes to their voting laws. I think. I think that it's, there's it's I every think state. So part of the Voting Rights Act in the 1960s was 
when you want to change something on the state level, the federal level has to be involved. And what ended up happening was when John Roberts, when they say they gutted the Civil Rights Act, it was because they took away that pre-approval. So now the federal level doesn't have, does can't get involved on the statewide level. So what Joe, so everybody, everybody who is in consensus says the number one thing to stop all of this is to bring that back. Just, just that one rule where you have to run it by us before you make any changes will stop a lot of this stuff. That's what Joe Manchin was talking about was I support bringing this back. You could say that it's cool. I also support me losing weight unless I do something about it. That's never going to happen unless Joe Manchin wants to get rid of the filibuster. We can't bring it back. So that's where we're at right now. But I do respect well, him saying that. I, I I heard something too that kind of gave me a little bit of hope. You know, how, you know how when you hear something in passing, and you yeah. don't necessarily you, you you understand the principle. Someone implicated something is that you know there might be times in which there's stuff that could be voted on reconciliation or what have you. I'm not sure if the Voting Rights Act can happen, but they said you know. Here's the one thing is while you while there might be some bipartisan bills that both cinema and Manta would support if they're bipartisan, and that would be where you would see a Collins or a Romney or Murkowski voting with the Democratic majority, but not I mean they're still busting the filibuster on that particular you know, there's some you know, with reconciliation, there's some bills that could do it. They said that realistically on some of these reconciliation bills that Manchin and Cinema would potentially support, all you need to do is bring over a Collins or a Romney, and they might support, and, and you'd have a bipartisan bill. So I'm not going to get my hopes up, but I heard that that's kind of a way to work around uh, you know, their call for bipartisanship. So um, that's fascinating. But you know, staying, sticking on the hill and moving back to the House is... <laughs> and you know, sometimes when I swear, I tell you to bleep me, no, don't bleep this one. We got Miss Batshit Crazy Marjorie <laughs> Taylor Greene just wilding out this week. Uh, she tried. She tried to step to AOC, uh, and then we saw the video of her basically stalking AOC. Uh, what do you think of little Miss CrossFit uh, QAnon down there in, in Georgia? I mean, she hit the trifecta, right? She went after AOC. There was an old video where before she was elected to Congress was go- going after AOC. And then I, if I'm not mistaken, a staffer went after Stalwell on the house floor or something where he said, take off your mask. He's like, who, who are you? You know what I mean? Um, look, she's a bully and we all know that. And so this is not surprising. She has no, there's no, no substance of her. Someone asked her a question about her district, and she said, "Mind your business." She's there to wreck shit, John. That's all she's there for. That's all her voters want her to do. There's people in the world who see a hornet's nest and walk away, and there's people in the world who see a hornet's nest and kick it. And Marjorie, Marge, I'm going to call her Margie. Margie <laughs> is the one who kicks the hornet's nest and then sees what happens. That's what she's doing now. AOC is, I will say something about AOC. She's the one. This isn't, this isn't anybody else. AOC is the one to handle this properly. I'm glad Stalwell says something. I'm glad it went to Twitter and it bled over. This is all she's going to do until she, as long as she's in Congress. We'll see if she ends up losing her seat. I know she's in a red district, so we'll see. But this is all she's capable of. This is all she's useful for. 
Well, you know, I, I thought of something. I'm not sure if you remember earlier in the year, um, Cory Bush had asked Pelosi to move her away from Marjorie Taylor Greene's office. I realized something the other day. I don't think that Cory Bush was afraid of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Cory Bush was afraid that she would have to whip Marjorie Taylor Greene's ass. <laughs> She didn't want. She didn't want that type of smoke. I, I honestly think. I honestly think that. I honestly think that Cory Bush would have no problem if it came down to that. But Cory Bush is smart enough to know. Look, I'm in Congress. We don't need to have those type of. We don't need to have the type of beef, right? But I kind of. And it was funny. I'm not sure if you saw the interview with Stacey Plaskett this morning when she kind of implied that Marjorie Taylor Greene just going to mess with the wrong one. And what's funny too is AOC is also from the Bronx. And I do think that, I do think that there, if it ever came down to some of it, I could see AOC being, having, having hands. I could, but it's weird that we're talking about members of Congress like this. We should not be talking about members of Congress like this. But that is what the current Republican Party has done. I got one more uh, joke I got to get in there. One of the things I realized is the reason why Boebert and 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene and a lot of these idiots want to carry guns is because you know those ones that want to carry guns are the ones who probably most in fear of getting punched in the mouth, right? So it it, it it's crazy, but dude, I'm just I yeah. I I'm, I'm bewildered. This is loaded, so I'm gonna throw a bunch of different things at you. First, I want to say that women are capable of handling things without fighting for sure but as you said aoc is from the bronx don't forget cory bush is from st louis they will not have a problem with margie at all that's i just want to say that the second thing i want to say is it's interesting that you bring up um plasquette saying the wrong one because this next generation of congressmen or congresswomen and congressmen are not the old school generation. AOC is a scrapper. Cory Bush is a scrapper. These girls, these women are special in their own way. And so she is going to run into the wrong one. As about your point about guns. When, remember Lauren Boebert opposed the certification of the election, correct? And then she's on Twitter saying Nancy Pelosi is here during the insurrection. Did you happen to catch Lauren Berbert speaking that night when they certified the election? She had no. none of that same energy. I come from a place where we have the saying of keep that same energy. These right-wing Republicans who have guns were running away from the insurrectionist. These right-wing Republicans who are pro-gun didn't pull out their guns and didn't help anybody when there was actual violence. And we see with all these shooters in red states and blue states, nobody's there. No good Samaritan is there with a gun. So they could preach about guns all they want. As far as I'm concerned, Lauren Boebert could put four AK-47s behind her. She is compensating for something she doesn't have, and that's heart. AOC and Cory Bush have it. So I'll put my money on them any, any, any day of the week. Well, I'm trying. I'm looking up right now. Um, I'm not sure if you watched the hearing this week. Um, Representative Andrew Clyde from Georgia actually had the nerve in the hearing when they were talking about uh, January 6th, talking about these were just a bunch of tourists, uh, at, you know, visiting the Capitol. 
um, as someone who is very close to a member of Congress who was actually in, uh, you know, the actual um, hall, right, uh, in Congress at that time, who had to call out, you know, I know it wasn't the case. But um, what's interesting is, I'm not sure if you saw, there's photo and video that were released where even though this Clyde, this Clyde character, um, he was actually one of the people that was helping barricade the doors and keeping people from coming in. So, I mean, he the the intellectual dishonesty that the Republicans display is just, it's beyond appalling. This dude was literally, if it was a normal thing, if these were normal tourists there, dude, you would not have to be involved in barricading the door. But you were. These people are just crazy. I mean... Dude, John, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there. They're not crazy. They know exactly what they're doing. And you, I, I was, I'm glad you brought it up. Cause I was going to say it earlier, but I forgot when you said, if some of these connections from the insurrection has come out, why do you think that they're doing what they're doing now? Because some of these connections to the insurrectionists are coming. So what they're doing now is saying, Oh, this was kind of just normal. It was kind of a walk in the park. There was nobody in danger. AOC is lying. She was never in danger. Meanwhile, we have video. Strictly speaking, people died. People died. It was not a normal tourist trip. People died, right? So that's what I mean about these Republicans is they know what's coming. So they're just changing the narrative now. Mike McCarthy said this was an abomination. Trump's at fault. Now he's saying Oh, it was cool. We were having a movie night and people were coming over. This is what they're going to do. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're going to change the narrative of this. And that's our job to, to stop them. Well, you know, one of the people in that video with Marjorie Taylor Greene when they're stalking AOC in 2019 was actually an insurrectionist. Yeah. Right? Um, For sure. It, it, it's, it was actually, so it's, they're, they are, I do think that, you know, they're, this is not going to end well for them. You know, one of the things I tweeted about, and I even talked to some friends of mine on the Hill, it's if you watched any of that hearing, it was the equivalent of during the 9-11 hearings. They actually had Paul Gosser ask questions. Gosser was the is the Arizona Republican, whose family hates him, by the way, who, who was one yeah. of the people who was very close to insurrectionists. And I really felt that Gosar asking questions at that hearing would be like having Osama bin Laden asking questions at a 9-11 hearing. I mean, it was, and the the way that they defended, they treated, they tried to treat the the um, female Air Force veteran who got shot as if she was just some innocent victim, you know, who, 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 it was excessive force. No, she was going through a window, right? Um, you and I have talked about Adam Toledo and the young lady in, in Columbus, and we don't, we weren't sure, but even then, we know that it was kind of maybe justified. No, this was a justified shooting. Uh, the Republicans have lost their damn minds. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And and they're not gonna, they're not gonna stop. They're gonna keep going this way until until the ship falls. And they're hoping. This is what I just keep, I keep saying, but they're hoping they can keep the ship afloat until they have enough power where they can never give it up. That's their hope. But this, for all intents and purposes, is the end of the Republican Party. If we if we show up, if we do what we have to do, then they will probably never win another election. We just have to keep doing what we have to do. One of the things that we've got to wrap down, but I want to have a quick discussion about is the CDC has changed mm-hmm. the rules on masks. I'm 50-50 on this. I'm not sure how you feel. Um, and I, I agree with your thumbs down. And I will tell you one of the things that I'm 
I'm concerned about. I'm glad that we have loose restrictions, and I'm glad that I don't have to be as rigid as I was. But I would prefer to still always, if not wearing it, always have a mask in my pocket. Um, I don't like the. I do not like the way that the. I feel like the White House was almost shamed into uh, Biden wearing the mask mm -hmm. less. People don't realize there's still a very. We are. We have a lot of people vaccinated, but we're nowhere near herd immunity. Uh, a lot of people are still catching it. People are still dying, but more importantly, I was resenting the fact that for you know for about two weeks they kept on asking, well, what type of message is Biden you know sending by wearing a mask? If he's vaccinated and Kamala's vaccinated and everyone's vaccinated, why do they have to wear a mask? I don't mind them exercising caution and modeling responsible behavior. I don't, and I and 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 I'm glad that. <clears throat> In some ways, I'm glad that the restrictions are loosening, but I don't want them lifted. Where are you? Where do you fall on this? This is a big mistake for a lot of reasons, and here's why. First, you're absolutely right. They were shamed into doing this because people were saying, what's the reward of getting vaccinated if we have to do the same thing? Well, your reward is that you don't die, hopefully, because if you do get it, then you're safe, right? That's the reward. That's, mis that's mistake one, because I feel like they were kind of bullied into the decision. Mistake two, how are you supposed to know who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated? I know there's jokes that just ask them who you voted for in 2020, you'll know, right? But the truth is, when you walk into Walmart, you don't know who's vaccinated. And Walmart can't police that. You can't ask people to show up with vaccination cards, right? So that's a mistake two. Mistake three, what about, this, what about the employees? Cool, I don't have to go to Costco without a mask. Are the employees at more danger because I'm not wearing a mask? Of course they are. So we claim that these people are heroes and they're frontline workers. And yet here we are saying just go bananas in Costco. Here's the fourth mistake. And I think it's the biggest one is there's people getting infected while they're fully vaccinated. I'll even give you one further. There's a New York Yankee who had COVID in December 2020 who recovered, who got fully vaccinated and still got it. He had three layers of protection and still got it, right? So people are saying, I know I know that these are scientists. I don't think they're conspiracy theories, right? I think they're the goal here is to say, get vaccinated, let's go back to normal. They hit a wall with the vaccinations. Now it's at the point where there's more people, there's more vaccines than people who want them. Anybody now who doesn't want a vaccine is because they don't want it. It's not a scheduling thing, it's not an algorithm. Whoever doesn't have it at this point is purposely stalling or they don't, they're never going to get it, right? And you run the risk of when community spread is going down, you run the risk of just that going back up by not keeping your foot on the pedal and going further. And one last thing, I know this is a mini rant, right? People are saying, if you get COVID, you're not going to die, you're safe. Cool. What's the numbers on long COVID? What's the numbers on me getting an enlarged heart? What's the number on the blood clots? Like, I might not die from it. I, I'm vaccinated. I might not die from it. Well, I have problems down the road because we still don't know how this virus is going to act. So it's cool that we're vaccinated. We're probably not going to die. But what does it actually mean if we do get the virus? Because there's a lot of people who are still struggling with it. World-class athletes like Jason Tatum who need an inhaler right now because his body still hasn't recovered from it. So... It's cool that we're trying to reward people for getting vaccinated. I think it was just probably a couple months too early. Sorry about that. Well, 
but but here's the thing, and this is one of the things I think that I was hoping you would say, and I think you would agree with. Let's be honest, the people who are most desirous of us ripping off our mask are also the people who are less likely to get vaccinated. The people people who have conducted themselves responsibly throughout this entire process are the ones who are not as rushed to take off their mask. They're, they Again, I think they're like you and I. I think you and I like the fact, and maybe, some, maybe something you and I both may agree on too is, I'd rather, I don't mind taking and loosening restrictions, but I'd like each stage to be a little bit longer. I like the fact that now you and I can maybe hang out. But I also know that in going to hang out, whether if we're in public transportation or whatever, I might wear my mask. And we may go out to eat. And when we go out to eat, we'll wear our mask in the waiting area. Uh, maybe even when the, when the waitress or server uh, approaches the table, we'll put the mask on and order. I don't, I think the fact is, I'd rather see us have um, a more of a interim mask policy as opposed to just take off your damn mask. I'd, I'd rather see a more step down as opposed to mask, mask, mask. Oh, rip your mask off. I th I don't mind for another six to eight months. If if I were late, let's have a crowded Soldier Field. I'd rather say, okay, let's crowd Soldier Field. Let's crowd Wrigley Field. Let's crowd uh, the the guarantee rate. Although now I'm concerned, that now that now, now now that now that the capacity levels are being raised, that we're not gonna, you know, it was easy to sell out when they only allowed eight thousand people. But we're White Sox fans, even though we're playing good ball, we're still gonna get eight thousand fans after you open up the entire stadium. I'm a White right. Sox fan, but but what I'm saying is, okay, increase the capacity, have uh, you know, people add basketball and 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 indoor sports, but have everybody wear masks rather than go from mask to no mask. I'd rather say, you know what, let's go mask longer, but let's still go ahead and make sure that when you're at Wrigley Field, when you're at Soldier Field, when you're at the um, United Center, United you're Center. still in a mask. Right, yeah, United Center. You're still in a mask. I I have no pro except when you're eating. There's, there, or And go to church, go to mosque, go to temple, but mask up. And sing, but mask up. I'd rather see that than to go uh, from mask, mask, mask to no mask myself. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it also fixes the problem of who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. Right now, you put the onus on the United Center, on that church, on that business to say who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. You also put it on us to police each other, right? I could go to you and be like, I could walk up to you and be like, are you vaccinated? You might be like, yeah. And I'm going to be like, I, I am. And we get unmasked because we're comfortable that we're both vaccinated. I'm not going to walk into Walmart and be like, are you vaccinated? Are you kidding me? I'm going to end up on WorldStar, right? So you're going to have a, a problem here where there's going to be fights because people are going to wonder who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. So I totally agree with you. I'd rather have a full United Center for the playoffs that we just missed on than everybody mask up and we'll see how the numbers go. I just think this is way too early because now you're saying you don't have to get vaccinated because you could not wear a mask. You could just lie to Trader Joe's. So I, I think it was just a little bit too early. Yeah. And as a White Sox fan, you're a Cub fan. There's nothing better than us sitting in the stands with our respective team mask on in addition to our jerseys. But on that note, it's time to wrap it up. So this is John signing off. This is Fadi signing off. Thanks for joining us, guys. See you next week.